Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Cape Fear on Noah's Ark. No! They followed me home! No! This is such a fun episode that Paige has put together, and um, I don't even want to spoil it. You'll find out what it is in short order, and we won't take very long. We just want to say, if you want to help support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash cultpodcast. Uh, if you like listening to my voice on other shows, you can listen to the Rooster Teeth Podcast, RTP for short. Uh, you can go to thertpodcast.com uh, to find it. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. You can watch it wherever. If you want to come see me do stand-up and you're in Minneapolis, hey, this Friday, the 22nd, and this Saturday, the 23rd, I have a bunch of shows. So go look at my Instagram. That's where to find it. Um, Paige, you have other shows that you wanted to promote, other podcasts that you that yeah. you guest on. Not you guest on, you're a host on. I'm, I'm a host on. You can listen to me on Horror Virgin and Romancing the Pod. Uh, and if you want to see me live, check my Instagram for dates. Uh, not a ton coming up in December, but a lot coming up in January and March. Hell yeah. So without any further ado, let's hop into this show, baby. Hello. Hello. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm, organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership, organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers, organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships, and organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm the laid back Armando Torres. And with us, we have a really bad eye injury. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Paige and I are recording this um, on Sunday. I am in Minnesota. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, the only place that I could record this podcast is in the guest room in at my mom's place that I'm staying nice. at, and there is no desk, so I am laying down <laughs> in a bed, which gives me a much more. I've never done a podcast like Lounging? laid back. Yeah, it's a very strange with your mind feeling. on your money and your money on your mind. Yeah, I look. I feel like I'm like uh, I'm doing this entire podcast posed the way that they had like handsome male actors do in front of a fireplace in the like 90s or whatever i think you, know you how just every... mean burt reynolds <laughs> well burt reynolds started it but now i've seen every hot celebrity mm. if you were hot back in the day we would go oh yeah prove it get naked and put yourself in front of a fireplace and then we'll see and then we'll be able to judge yeah yeah, do that, Sam Watterson from Law and Order. <laughs> yeah, it's a requirement. If, <laughs> if you want to join the hot throb, the hot throb, oh my god, the heart throb guild, you have yeah. to, uh, well, cause a hot throb. Anyway, so uh, I'm laid back, I'm chilling, I'm relaxing, yep. all cool. Yeah. Um, and you texted me to tell me, hey, just a heads up, I got an eye like I'm being possessed by a demon. 
Yeah, I was like, one of my eyes is evil. I promise I'm not possessed. <laughs> I think that's uh-huh. what I told you. Like, don't call a priest. It's fine. Um, you may recall that I think during the last episode or the one before, I had just come from seeing the Beyonce film. Yeah, yep. So somewhere between watching the Beyonce film and the next day or so, I suddenly had, like, acute eye pain, and I could not figure out how it happened. I don't remember injuring my eye. I have no idea. Not a clue. (laughs) Could it be... That your eye is having a problem adjusting to seeing a world without Beyonce in it consistently? Jeez, maybe. that's. I did think about that. I was like, it was such a spectacle. Did I pop an eye? Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I, but I did eat a whole giant thing of popcorn by myself and then cry a lot. And so my theory was like, did I maybe wipe movie butter popcorn into my eye and everyone i've told this to is like that's the craziest thing i've ever heard you got to stop telling people that and i'm like i legitimately think that's what happened so Mm. i thought i was like well nothing i could do i'm just gonna like flush my eyes and hope for the best it got so much worse (laughs) i should have just gone to a doctor immediately yeah Um, i mean you should have you should have started having concerns once your eyes stopped being white and started being Orville red and Red and bogger. I am um, so sorry. I'm so, I'd like to formally apologize for that it's, joke. It's okay. I've also, this is not the first time I've injured an eye in a weird way. Like a few, mm. like back when I worked in retail, one time I pulled a shopping bag out of a drawer too fast and sliced my cornea with what? the shopping bag I was holding, like the recoil on it. <laughs> Yeah, and that's another one that people were like, you got to stop telling people that. And then I got to the doctor and they were like, yo, you sliced like right through your cornea. Like, I don't know what you were doing. What kind of shopping bag is this? Oh, Um, my God. But that time they basically were just like, here's some eye drops. Hope for the best. And just kind of sent me home. And so I was like, I'll just stay at home. It'll be fine. It was not fine. And I got a sinus infection and it was like horrible head pain. So in terrible pain, I like go to urgent care and they're like, hey, we know you're in terrible pain and you've been eating Sudafed like it's fucking candy, uh, but your blood pressure's pretty high. I was like, I wonder why. And they're like, it's possible that your own blood pressure popped your eye. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's not that <laughs> because that's insane. And they're like, we think that'd be weird too. <laughs> so they were like, we're going to treat you as if you got pita- <laughs> as if you got movie butter popcorn in your eye. And they're like, and if it works, then that's what happened to you. Good luck. Go on your way. If not, you got to go to a hospital. <laughs> I was like, yeah. well, now I'm having a panic attack. <laughs> like, this was not helpful at all. Of course, I go home. I, like, put stuff on my eye. It almost immediately gets better. <laughs> like, within a day, I was like, I feel 10 million times better. Really could have gone without the panic attack of thinking that my own body was popping my own eyes. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. insanity. <laughs> well, uh, have you, yeah. I, I guess my main question is, have you started realizing that you have all the powers of buttered popcorn? <laughs> is it that type of situation? <laughs> Where like, yeah, this was the, the other the, this day was I just pain. laid over some kernels and they were delicious. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It was great. And, to be clear, we're not saying popcorn kernels. We're saying page laid on top of a bunch of generals in the United generals, States. Because the area. the beauty of buttered <laughs> of melted butter is that it's delicious on anything. 
Yeah, so turn like, those generals into colonels. It really levels everything up. I did. Um, I did bake a bunch of cookies. So like, yeah, maybe I do have all the powers of melted butter. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that's where it ended. This is gross, but the eye is injured because that's where the butter comes out of. <laughs> it's, it's my butter eye. <laughs> this yeah. one cries butter. This one cries water. Um, but yeah, no, my eye almost immediately got better. <laughs> so I had to call the doctor and be like, spoiler i didn't pop an eye on my own it was the movie butter and they're like yeah i guess don't put that stuff in your eyes then yeah from popped corn to popped eye jesus oh. christ well yeah, it feels much better now i'm glad to hear you're doing better and um make a good companion for a a, a film i guess <laughs> let me cry upon your popcorn let me look upon your <laughs> snacks with tears <laughs> <sighs> yeah so that's what's going on with me this is the the second day without the patch because i had to wear an eye patch for like a week oh shit and i want to remind you that we both have custom made eye patches from a, a, a listener <laughs> i know and i had it handy but, but i had to go to work this week and my eye patch is is a gator eye it looks uh -huh. like a snake eye and i was like no one's gonna take me serious like i'm gonna be sitting in a meeting and be like no i really am injured because of the popcorn and they're gonna be like this bitch like yeah. come up with better excuses i it's it's kind of hard to take you seriously when you do look like a, a super villain from a cartoon show with just <laughs> one just one snake eye <laughs> yeah well it's bad Mine... enough like now i just look like one of my eyes is sauron's eye on the top of that tower but it's slowly <laughs> getting better and i carried the butter all the way to mordor <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 and then you swam in it back home yeah. um Oh my God! My eye patch is a is one of Charles Manson's eyes, um, and it's just a strange thing because when I put it on, it does it ceases to look like Charles Manson, and just looks like I have a weird eye. It just looks yeah. like it's my skin tone with a different. Like that guy on Boardwalk eye. Empire. Yeah, like Steve He's Buscemi. Like half a face. <laughs> No, I know who you're talking about, but it do it does look like a Steve Buscemi eye. I do want to say though, like separate from your face, the eye patch itself. When you look at it, you're like, that is Charles Manson's eye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's dead on. Yeah, but as soon as it becomes on my face, I look like half Armando, half Steve Buscemi, the pug of people. <laughs> the pug of people. Yeah. <laughs> Lovable. Um, Lovable. Glad to have him with us wrinkly in all the right ways big bulging fucking eyes <laughs> super fucking shaky always making noise at bigger dogs steve buscemi everybody <laughs> I just i just pictured it i don't know if you've seen the film the cinema Hoobie halloween <laughs> but <laughs> there's a scene in which he's like and that's when i turned into a werewolf <laughs> It's, I, that's all I pictured when you were saying it. I I have not seen oh. that, but I love that you called it the film, the cinematic experience, <laughs> the cinematic of, experience Hoobie of Halloween. Hoobie Halloween. No, I was supposed to go see that at the ArcLight Cinema, a special screening <laughs> fucking hosted by Tarantino, but I didn't make it. I had it on the festival circuit at Tribeca, but you know. <laughs> I heard Hoobie.
Happy Halloween swept at con, dude. That shit was insane. Yeah, palm de or more like palm de more hoobie Halloween. <laughs> Fuck this, me. This is real butter eye energy. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Bonkers. That's that's gonna fit with this episode is gonna be because I didn't tell you anything about it and I'm so excited. Absolutely not. I'm so stoked. So we just finished FLDS uh, and. It was a rough one. We thought that you needed a palate cleanser. However, next week is Christmas. We are going to be spending Christmas with our families. Not that we don't love you, but we're going to be spending Christmas with our families. So we had one week in between, and I planned something unhinged. Now, unfortunately, a a tiny piece of what I have planned today got spoiled in the Facebook group a day ago. (laughs) Okay. Where I was like going through my notes. I was like looking through. I was like, motherfucker. Fuck, but I don't think you've seen it. And so what will be interesting and fun uh, is your reaction to what I'm going to present to you today. Because today's episode is all about the craziest things that Mormons and Mormon adjacent belief systems believe. Now, I want to clarify, not every not every LDS person believes all of this, although mm-hmm. there are I'm going to cite a bunch of the Book of Mormon. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what this is primarily based on, it is one of my favorite things ever. I highly encourage you guys to seek it out because we're not really doing sources today. You'll understand why in a minute. Um, a lot of this is based on a Reddit thread where, uh, ex Mormons told the craziest thing they were told growing up okay. as part of the Mormon faith. Now I went through and pulled my favorites, <laughs> Uh, But then I went and kind of Googled around, did some research on where this comes from. Right. Uh, Like to see if it is something that maybe more than one person believe or if somebody just had a weird parent. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so a lot of this is either, hey, Joseph Smith said this or this person quoted this or the Book of Mormon says this and people interpret it this way. It's not really like a normal episode where we can be like, hey, multiple sources say this. Therefore, this is probably true. Likely all of this is false. Um, In fact, I would say mainstream LDS thinks almost all of this is false. uh, But that's why we're going to have fun. So don't go around shouting at Mormons for believing this. A lot of people probably have not heard these. Uh, I tested some of them on Todd this morning (laughs) when I was recording with Horror Virgin. And the first one, the one that got spoiled in the Facebook group, I'm going to do it first because it's the the spoiled one. Uh, He had never heard of. He was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, oh, that one has like the most stuff online. Uh, But the third one, which I find equally ridiculous, he was like, oh, yeah, no, that I believed that was real until I was a teenager. And I was like, bruh, bruh, what? We've really tapped into one of my favorite parts of childhood, which is when an adult tells you something. And because you are a child who is still learning how the world works and you take adults at face value, you take this stupid thing that they say as an absolute truth. My friend, a friend of the show, Carrie, uh, who I work on with a show called Camp Camp that we're making, uh, we were in the writer's room and he was telling me about how when he was a child... They would take his dog out for a walk and 
all the neighborhood dogs would bark as he like sure. you know was walking down the neighborhood and he asked his father this five-year-old child asked his father dad why do they all bark at our dog and his dad goes oh because that's it's because he's king of the dogs and so <laughs> He's walking. What? He's what? king of the dogs, you see. And so, as he's walking down the sidewalk, everyone has to pay respect <laughs> because he's king of the dogs. See, no, I love that. See, that's the kind of lies we should tell children more often. Yes, that rocks. That's so. Fu- and honestly, all of the what I'm going to share today falls into that camp. Where, like, as I was digging through this, I was like, man. If if Mormonism was just a sci-fi series, this shit would be fucking lit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I, I just, can see why people want to believe this. I I like this kind of stuff. Again, it can be really negative, and I'm sure we'll see some examples of it being kind of dumb and and weird and gross. Um, mm. but stuff like King of the Dogs is fucking awesome because he again he goes like. That's the exact energy, by the way, of what we're going to get into today. I believed my dog was king of the dogs until I was 15 when my brain suddenly went, wait, that makes no fucking sense. How are you king of the dogs? (laughs) How would they even know that? They've never met. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. I am so unbelievably stoked. Oh, man. That's, That's great. Um. I think I'm gonna tell my kids. I think I'm gonna tell my kids that <laughs> King of the Dogs, spread it King on. Of the dogs. Our cat is the head cat. I don't know if you know. <laughs> Look, all we need. We have so many people that listen to this show. There's so many of you that it blows my fucking mind every time I see the like numbers of how many people. If even a quarter of you have children and start telling them that your dog is King of the Dogs. It'll be enough to where it spreads, and in maybe five years, it'll be like the new Santa Claus Easter Bunny. Yeah, it'll be like the Tooth Fairy. (laughs) Yeah, like every kid, like there's going to be Reddit threads where they're like, hey, was it just me, or did did your dad also tell you that your dog was king of the dogs? Which, I I grew up in a non-Santa household where- Mm. Like at Christmas, I knew of Santa as a concept that like other kids believed that. Sure. But my mom was like, I'm not going to lie to you. Your parents buy you presents because Jesus was our gift to us from God. So therefore, we give gifts to you to symbolize that. And we love you. And that's why we give you presents. But if anything says Santa on it, it's from grandma. <laughs> like that was <laughs> our our thing. So I don't have like a finding out that Santa was not real story. Um. I know a lot of other people do. I want to know how upset uh, Carrie was when he found out his dog was just like a peasant. <laughs> just a regular average stupid dog. No, uh, he he said that it's one of those things that when you learn it when you're a kid, it makes perfect sense. Like, oh, he's king of the dogs. Of course. Of course <laughs> of he's course. king of the dogs. Of course he's king of the dogs. And then you just keep that inside your brain. You don't really say it out loud to other people. And so, like, by the time he was a teenager, again, like 15 to 17 age range, realizing for the first time like saying it out loud and going hold on a second wait up hold up that doesn't make any sense that that's a nonsense thing that i just said out loud but because you haven't said it out loud you've just internalized it yeah like any of the stuff with santa claus makes no sense if you give it i'm sorry he's gonna he's gonna deliver presents 
to everyone, the entire right. world, a logistical fucking nightmare. In right. one, the you that's the, the one thing they solved in the ludicrous Christmas movie this year. By the way, is how he distributes the gifts. But oh, then they added it? to the lore where they were like he farts cinnamon <laughs> and all kinds of shit. <laughs> also, he's played by Lil Rel, <laughs> and it's honestly it's a great second screener. Uh, but the way they solved it is Santa has workshops in every city that are staffed mm. with elves. And they're producing and distributing locally. So he's like just checking in with all of his various workshops. He's a drop shipper. Santa he's Claus. A drop shipper. Has, Santa Claus is a drop shipper. He has distribution. Santa Claus uses But also public. the police state. <laughs> yeah. I heard the elves were trying to unionize and he had some of them whacked. I heard, I heard they had reindeer sized holes in their chest. Well, in the ludicrous Christmas movie Dashing Through the Snow, it does have real like speakeasy energy for the mm. elves also they're all regular sized people well i really love that all right let's hop into this episode like let's a couple of like a couple of king of the dogs all right now i will prepare you because you did not grow up in the church some of these things are based on like generic protestant christianity doctrine that then joseph smith was like actually to explain the holes in that plot here's a weirder plot mm. um so yeah we're that's what we're living in and so i want to introduce to you the first and i thought would be the weirdest and then i did the rest of the outline the first one kane is bigfoot huh <laughs> okay. i'm sorry wait huh <laughs> yep. Are you familiar with Cain and Abel? I feel like we've talked about Cain and Abel on the podcast before, but if not, I am happy to refresh your memory. Yeah. So Cain was the first op. He was the first hater who was like, I got to take this fool out real quick. And then he did a drive by on his own brother. Um, he killed him with a rock. Yeah. 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 Real mm -hmm. fucked up way to kill somebody. Honestly, um, real disrespectful way to kill somebody. If I'm being honest, imagine Goodfellas, yeah. but Joe Pesci turns around. There's a casino table. Nobody's right. in there. He goes, "Oh no!" And then his brother hits him with the rock. That exactly. sucks. You um, got it. No notes. Yeah, Cain and Abel. That's it. Final yeah, answer. Cain and Abel. As Cain is Bigfoot. Uh, now I know we talked about this like way back on an early. Um, LDS episode like the Joseph Smith ones uh, where the idea of after killing his brother Cain is cursed by God well what does that mean within some Christian circles like the one I grew up in uh, Cain becomes the father of nations that end up at war with Israel and then that's you know how that happens yeah ah. and so it's not necessarily like it's also one of those things where it's like, maybe it's a metaphor. Nobody really knows. Um, but that's how it's kind of explained throughout most of the Old Testament of like who goes to war with who. Now, the New Testament retcons almost all of that. And is just like, we should love everybody. But in the Old Testament, when a lot of people end up at war with each other, a lot of the way that that's explained are like, well, this person did something bad. And so God cursed them. And then their bloodline ends up at odds with these people. Mm. Uh, now... The version uh, that uh, some LDS people were taught, uh, including Todd, because one time Todd brought it up. It was like, yeah, well, the church teaches fucked up things like this and said it. And Mikey and I were like, I've never heard that before in my life. What the fuck did you just say? Um, in some circles, and I believe Christian Identity Fellowship 
kind of dabbles in this too. Some people have taught that Cain's curse was to become black. Mm. There you go. So that was never what I was taught. Um, but it is a teaching that is out there. Now, how do we get from there to Bigfoot? I'm happy you asked. Uh, so <laughs> to understand <laughs> to understand this, we have to talk about something that I never thought I would fall down a huge rabbit hole about. Uh, but here we are. And that is some of the LDS beliefs about Noah's Ark and the Great Flood. We're going to talk about the flood a lot today. Um, so the version I was taught uh, in generic Protestant Christianity is that God felt like man was participating in evil deeds all over the earth and he wanted to save one righteous man and his family. So they build a giant boat. They get two of every animal, which would be a huge boat. Uh, and then it rains for 40 days and 40 nights. That breaks up the continent of Pangea. That's how we have different countries or whatever. And then the boat eventually settles in the mountains, I believe, in modern-day Turkey. Uh, anyway, that's the version I, I was told. Real quick. And, uh -huh. and he, brought, he brought his wife, right? His wife, his three sons, and their wives. They're going to be important in just a sec. Okay. But after that, who how we'll get into that in just a second okay, okay. Mm -hmm. because because that again will be important now uh right now when we're thinking about bigfoot the thing mm -hmm. we have to remember big boat everything flooded uh kane in in this version because he is cursed is therefore immortal he cannot die <laughs> and so I'm there are i'm sorry <laughs> I haven't stopped laughing since you said we're talking about Bigfoot. Okay. Big yeah, we're talking boat. About Bigfoot. And I'm you said Bigfoot and then immediately after said Big Boat and now I can't stop thinking about a cryptid <laughs> called Big Boat. <laughs> it's just a big old it's boat. It's just a big fucking boat. <laughs> that you can't take a photograph of every time you see it it's just kind of blurry. Oh. Bro, they have an explanation for that, and I can't wait to tell you about okay, it. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. We're talking about no, big, bo big boat. I, I knew that this is how this episode would go, so this outline is half as long as a normal outline because I was like, I'm going to have to answer questions <laughs> every step of the way. This is maybe the perfect episode for me to both be A, lying down on, and B, mm -hmm. secretly a little high for. Yeah, baby, <laughs> Not let's a go. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, both of our eyes are fucking butter popcorn red. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we've got the butter eye going on. Uh, so the question at this point becomes, if Cain is immortal, mm -hmm. how does he survive the flood? Because everyone agrees that Noah did not invite him onto the boat, so he wasn't on the boat, right? Did he? Um, so did he did he cape fear it? Was he under the boat holding? That's on? one answer. <laughs> okay. All right. So I I found three different answers for that. Okay. Uh, num number one, he cape feared it. He held onto the side of the boat because his arms are incredibly strong. Because as part of being immortal, he also has some supernatural abilities. Um, 
the the second option is the Pirates of the Caribbean, where because he's immortal and he can't die, he walked along the ocean floor until the flood was over. Uh-huh. Um, like the Black Pearl. Um, the last one was that he found the top <laughs> the top of the tallest mountain, so only his feet got wet. Okay. Now, you're again. You're probably like, how does this turn into Bigfoot? As far as my research, co- like, you know, History Channel style research mm-hmm. uh, can tell me, uh, it is one of the first two options where either he was Cape Fearing on the side of the boat or Pirates of the Caribbean on the bottom of the ocean. And because he was very, very cold uh, and there's a lot of pressure from the water, he became potentially disfigured and or grew a lot of hair. Now, the hair could also just be he's immortal and has a lot of time to grow hair. There's a lot of different explanations for the hair, although most of it is like he had to stay warm in the cold water. I don't... (laughs) Okay. I'm not a nature expert at all. But I'm pretty sure that they don't make things in the sea hairier to keep them warm when they're underwater. I think they just give them a bunch of fat pockets around. Now, here's a really fun fact Uh that this is where my research for this crossed over into a Horror Virgin episode because... On Horror Virgin, we did Brotherhood of the Wolf not a long time ago. And the main character in that film is a taxidermist. And one of the things he presents as his like taxidermy is a hairy fish from North America because our water is cold, so it needs fur. And it is fake. Like, and he presents it as fake within the movie. But I fell down a rabbit hole on that. And around that time, and around the time when people were still exploring or at least colonizers were exploring North America, this was a really common belief that because the water was so cold that fish would need fur, and it was how people explained things like fucking otters and shit. And you got to remember that Joseph Smith is existing in a way old, old in time, so I think maybe that idea plays into it. I could not... That's my own speculation zone. I could not find correlation there. But, yeah... Uh, that's one of the explanations. The fact that it's a widely held belief at the time gives it a lot of credence, but I do want to say, by God, were we dumb as just a group of people, just as an entire human race, were we just a bunch of fucking idiots and probably are, I mean, about a bunch of stuff currently still. Um, but it, 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 that's, uh, yeah. That's really dumb. That's mm-hmm. that's so dumb. It grows hair. The fish grows. Okay. The All fish right. grows hair. Yeah. Now, a couple more notes on this because it goes deeper. Um, First of all, I found a lot of entries that said that Cain is cursed to not be able to interact with people. And that's part of the curse where like, because he killed his brother, he can't have like relationships with people anymore. And so that's why he stays away from people and doesn't interact with us as mm. Bigfoot. But that, well, hold on. Cause the curse makes it feel like he's cursed to not be able to do those things like to not be able to have the ability to do them right um but the way that bigfoot seems to avoid humanity is almost like 
Bigfoot has a restraining order against humanity. Kind of. <laughs> and it's a restraining order from God. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess. I just, I don't know. The curse makes it seem really sad. Um, the Bigfoot situation makes it feel like he's just running away because he doesn't want to hang out with us. Yeah. Well, so here's the, the flip side, though, because... I tracked down. I was like, why did this ever happen? Like, why? how did this connection get made of, like, he must be Bigfoot, and then we, like, backtrack to, like, well, if he survived on the Ark, like, all of this craziness. And a lot of it is due to a quote from a one of the, like, OG Mormon elders, David W. Patton, who was around when the church was kind of moving um, throughout the country, as we've covered, ad nauseum. His quote was, quote, as I was riding along the road on my mule, I suddenly noticed a very strange personage walking beside me. His head was about even with my shoulders as I sat in my saddle. He wore no clothing, but he was covered in hair. His skin was very dark. I asked him where he dwelt, and he replied that he had no home, but he was a wanderer in the earth and traveled to and fro. He said he was a very miserable creature and that he had earnestly sought death during his sojourn upon the earth, but that he could not die and that his mission was to destroy the souls of men. About the time he expressed himself thus, I rebuked him and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by virtue of the holy priesthood and commanded him to go hence and immediately he departed out of my sight. <laughs> All right. Um... Two thoughts. First thought, sure. again, doesn't really sound like he was scared so much as you started talking a lot about <laughs> Jesus Christ. And he went, all right, bro, I'm going to head out, actually. Right, I'm out. I'm out. I'll see you later. Take it easy. I'm a wanderer. Um, I'm a wanderer. <laughs> I roam around, around. Yeah. Yeah. The second thing is I feel like it makes Bigfoot's story a lot more compelling that he is a tortured soul. I know, right? <laughs> Wandering the earth, unable to form human connection again. And unable to die. Like, unable he's like, to kill die. me, merciful God. And God's like, no, you will be blurry in pictures forever. Yeah, I love that. Before this episode, Bigfoot to me was just a uh, fucking stink ape in the, in the forest out there. Right. Just like being dumb and leaving tracks and not being able to be photographed. And now every time I think of Bigfoot, I think of it like it's a character in a limited series on HBO. <laughs> just <laughs> wandering. But honestly, though, like the motivation for that to be Bigfoot and for him to just like, I'm tortured to walk forever and mm -hmm. like I can't be around mankind or whatever. Like. He's like the beast in Beauty and the Beast. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. It's such a killer origin story. And now I want this limited series. That's what I'm... Uh, all of these are kind of like that, where you're just like, man, why couldn't Joseph Smith just write straight fiction where he was yeah. just like, I'm not going to start a religion. I'm not... I'm I'm just doing make-em-ups. <laughs> like, that would have been... His imagination? Nuts crazy because like this kind of stuff comes out of it and this isn't him directly like a lot of this is like people cobble it together over time and this is also the one that's the most like 
one person said this and other people kind of made the connections and then kind of like kept it going kind of, you know, or whatever, because a lot of what they pull from that guy's quote where he claimed that he just like walked and talked with Bigfoot for a while, um, who was probably just an unhoused person that was very hirsute. I think what they pull from it is this whole like, I can't die. I, I'm cursed to not die. And they're like, well, Cain was cursed to not die. It must have been Cain. That's why he rebukes him. But then also the hair and the height and the big, it's Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's also very funny that this concept of like, the, the, I guess, core concept um, comes from something that just is super fucking racist too like the idea yeah that kane was cursed by being black and then they use that as the basis and then flip it around and then add these other facts and it's like yeah that's super fun that's such a fun story but also i don't like where it came from i don't like it well get get ready because there's more to this Ooh. and it is also racist because oh. <laughs> kane's not the only person to be cursed in the bible um, a lot of people get cursed. It happens. Uh, but uh, one of the other ones is something you were referring to earlier with Noah and his sons, Ham, Sham, and Japheth, uh, where Ham in particular uh, has some sort of inappropriate interaction with his father while his father is drunk. Uh, the translation we have is saw his nakedness, but a lot of people think that translates maybe to a sexual assault or incest or something like that. Um, and then he is cursed and his line is cursed. So some people believe that instead of Cain being Bigfoot, they're like, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. uh, Cain's curse is actually passed through Ham. It like transferred to Ham. Now, I have also heard of people saying that Ham's curse was for people to be black. And again, I think this is just old timey white people being like, we got to justify why we're awful to people. Mm -hmm. And that's how they're doing it. That's not okay. It's never okay to do that. But one of the really interesting things that I found uh, is that a lot of people were like, well, it passed to ham in Egyptus. And I was like, who the fuck is Egyptus? <laughs> Cause I have read the Bible a lot. I'm very familiar with this story. I never heard of no Egyptus. And so in looking it up, I found out that that's in LDS documents. That's Ham's wife. And I was like, I don't remember her having a name. And so I pulled a bunch of different translations. And in most uh, Western Christian Protestant translations, they don't have names. They're just their wives. Um, in the Ethiopian Apostolic translations, they do have names. None of them are Egyptus because that's a crazy thing to call someone, especially because like this is at a time, at least as far as, as the Bible positions it within history before Egypt exists. So it's like, why would someone be called Egyptus? But then if you remember, Joseph Smith has this whole thing of he speaks reformed Egyptian and that's where the plates come from. So he, mm -hmm. in his version, creates this whole additional character of Egyptus that is also potentially cursed. Now, some people believe that curse passed through him in Egyptus. Uh, and in fact, in one of the Reddit posts, someone's like, they taught me this in seminary. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like, no. Um, 
However, there's an alternate story about Ham and Egyptus because I was like, where, where is this coming from? So some people believe that they're like, Cain might still be Bigfoot, but Ham and Egyptus also get cursed. But part of the reason that Ham and Egyptus gets cursed is because Ham's wife might have been a giant. Oh, what? Okay. Yes. What? Uh, and what does that mean from back then? Like okay. she was five foot nine? No. So this is this goes into some weird apocryphal stuff that bleeds into other brands of Christianity as well. There are they in some of the documents they think that Egyptus, who again does not exist in any other translation except for Joseph Smith's versions, uh Egyptus was a Nephilim. Now Nephilim are supposedly beings that are part heavenly in some capacity. Some people think they were cast out of heaven. Some people think that they're like demigods, like half mortals, like a Thor or something like that. But they then had relations with human women and then gave birth to giants. And it's one of those things that like in the version of Jesus I grew up with, people were like, that's some weird shit. It's probably a metaphor for something. Or they just met really tall people. Like, that's the explanation I was given. Uh, uh-huh. Or they were just like, they probably just met tall people and didn't know how to e- express that in their words. Um, but some people really cling to this idea of the Nephilim as beings. Uh, and in some cases, they think they're aliens. And that's evidence for alien interference in ancient peoples is the Nephilim. Um, but there's some debate about where they interact. Some people think that they predate Noah and they exist in the world before that. And that's part of why the flood happens is because God was like, I don't like those giants fucking with them earth bitches. And he was just like, (laughs) rain it down. (laughs) Some people then also cite other passages of the Bible, which seem to suggest that maybe they were around after, which comes back to Cain as Bigfoot because in some Mormon versions of this, the Nephilim also cape feared on the side of the Ark uh-huh. and or Pirates of the Caribbean walked because they also cannot die because they're immortal. Um, and that's how giants survived. Now, here's the racist part of this. Right. Mm-hmm. So Ham is cursed, uh, which me- means his descendants are black because racism. But his wife was potentially part or whole Nephilim, which is why black people are so large and athletic. Again, racism. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What a They're like, why are they so good at basketball? God giants. Uh, <laughs> Clearly. Oh, my God. I was That was one where I was like, the mental gymnastics. <laughs> like, you'd have to be a Nephilim to do these mental gymnastics. Yeah. That's so... That's so dumb. Also, I do love the idea of the Nephilim and Bigfoot just being buddies holding on. <laughs> just holding on to the... We're just like, and, you know, where you get off? Is it the local? I don't know. Yeah, everyone's taking a ride on it. Also, uh, really quick, as an aside, um, you started talking about how in Joseph Smith's uh, version of this created an entire new character out of an existing right. character right. in the Bible, the wife of one of Noah's kids. Wife um, of him, yeah. But you were like in the in my version of the Bible or in most versions of the Bible, it's they don't have a name. It's just yeah. their wives, which their wives. led me to the obvious question. Does the Bible pass the Bechdel test? It does, I believe. Yeah, uh, there is one book 
in the entire Bible that passes the Bechdel test, and it is the book of Ruth. That was the um, one I was thinking of. Yes, yeah. I was like, Ruth, because she's a spy. <laughs> Two interactions that pass are found in Ruth, uh, where you go, I will go, and uh, another passage which contains a conversation about Ruth and Naomi uh, oh, finding food. Oh, wait, she's food. not the spy. It's someone else that's a spy. But yes, it's Ruth and Naomi, and they are friends, and they, like, they do often talk about Ruth's eventual relationship with a man, but they also, because they're close friends and Ruth, I believe, is a widow, they have conversations about what their life is going to be like with just on their own, essentially. So where you go, I will go is basically like we will go somewhere together because we need to be strong together. And they For both sure. have names and occupations. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, briefly. <laughs> It very briefly passes the Bechdel test, and I just think it it's a little- It was largely written by men, so, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And we did, uh, back then especially, did not know how to write a woman character. I'm reading the book of Ruth right now, and it's a lot of it's about shopping. That's weird. Yeah, yeah Ruth be shopping. Uh, <laughs> Ruth enters stage left boobily. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. You read yeah, Pilots. Yeah, oh. they use a lot of this Bible using a lot of really weird language to describe breasts. That's strange. I had a, a handful of comedians over for a Christmas cookie party at my house the other night, mm -hmm. and it's pilot season, so everyone's like, you know, sending their pilots around to each other or whatever. And I won't say who wrote it, it is someone we know. Uh, but they described a woman, they were like, She's pretty in the kind of way that only comes out when she's confident, but it's not often these days. I was like, that tells me nothing. Like, yeah, that, is, that is so obscure. I was like, the, what do you mean? <laughs> like, what does she look like? The only thing that that slug, that fucking action line tells me is that you are a nightmare to date. That's it. That's the only <laughs> yeah. information. I didn't learn about the character. I learned about you, the writer. <laughs> Elliot. Uh, go ahead and, and bleep these next two titles. I just want to hear Armando's reaction to them. Uh, Connor has a pilot right now called <laughs> and and Fifi Dosh has one called <laughs> Oh, please are... bleep both of those because I think they're they're out right now. But like bleep the titles. But I was like, man, our friends are getting into some wild shit. That's those are both fantastic games that I really do hope <laughs> I was to like, see on Hulu. I need to read both of these immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, that's good. That's really funny. It was great. Anyway, so are we ready to move on from the realm of racism and cryptids? Always. To science fiction? Uh, yeah, I'm down. Let's go for it. Okay, so there is a pervasive belief, because I found this with a number of stories, uh, within uh, LDS-adjacent beliefs or, you know, or the Book of Mormon, where certain people, if God really likes you and think you're thinks you're doing a good job, he'll make you immortal so you can keep doing a good job, um, mm. which is not how I, I... That was not what I was taught happened. I was taught that people die eventually and it comes for yeah. all of us yeah, yeah. that's kind of like the whole thing i think actually life also, is better because it ends in a way well yeah maybe or i can live forever uh maybe i'm bigfoot um, <laughs> oh my god 
I yeah we haven't looked look at all the fucking facts. One, I'm You're a so scumbag. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Two, I'm so athletic. Three, I'm tall as shit. Four, You're tall as I, shit. I can hold on to the side of a boat for a long fucking time. <laughs> We're gonna have really to test this just time. like the ladder jump. <laughs> uh, but but also it's that's really strange that the same thing that can be an absolute curse can be God's reward for you too poetic in a way yeah in a way in a way uh so there are a number of people that they think are immortal so one Mm. of them is is john the apostle so uh john was the youngest of the apostles now part of the reason and this one almost makes sense where i'm like i don't i don't think this is what happened i am of the belief that the book of revelation is written by somebody else uh has been erroneously attributed Uh, And is an allegory for what was happening in Rome at the time. But if you're somebody who believes it was absolutely written by John the Apostle, then having him live longer than is normal makes sense because then he would have been alive to write it at the time it was canonized. So that's one thing. Um, But that's not really the thing they focus on. It's more that he was just like, good job. And in Jesus's last conversation with him, and others he said a bunch of things that people have then interpreted to be that he lived forever so he says uh one of his comments is um my wish is that he will tarry so i i basically like i hope he doesn't die too soon he has a lot of important work to do Mm -hmm. um but he also says uh in matthew 16 28 verily i say unto you there may there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the son of man coming in his kingdom, which is basically the idea of like, there are some people here that won't die until I come back. Now, you might remember he does come back after three days. So like that would still count, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then he also says this generation shall not pass away till all these things be accomplished, which what does a generation mean? Does that generation mean the all the group of people since Jesus came? So it's like not just one person's lifespan or like, is this the the people that he was around him until they did the work that he felt they needed to do? They might pass away. Who knows? Um, but my cup shall you drink. But like, you might sit on my left or my right. A lot of people interpret this, uh, and it's Matthew 20, 23. They, they interpret this as like, you'll be persecuted the way Jesus was like, it's not going to be easy. Like if you're going to follow and and try and get the word out, people are maybe not going to like it. And, and a lot of his followers, his initial apostles get crucified similarly and, you know, killed and assassinated or exiled, whatever. But they take these like, little tidbits and are like this means that he didn't die because he still had work to do he has to live forever uh so they then apply that logic to some of the made-up characters that joseph smith built in his versions okay namely three nephites now the nephites are like a group of people. There's a bunch of groups of people. We can't get into all of them right now. It would take a Lord of the Rings level series with that many characters to trace who is who. Just tell me this. Are the Nephites also hanging on to the side of the boat, <laughs> weathering it through the storm? You don't know how close you are. Now, 
the Nephites are are three people that God thought was doing a great job and gave them immortality. And so they occasionally show up touched by an angel style to help people out, you know, in in times of trouble or to give them wisdom or things like that. So sometimes when people are like some I, I got a message from God, it was the Nephites told me like that kind of thing. But the Nephites are also rumored to have potentially traveled in a submarine. Now, this is actually the second time. What? That Yes, the second time. Uh, because Joseph Smith wrote about Nephi traveling in a submarine in 600 BC. or That's when he sets it within his time because mm-hmm. he was not good at history. It, see the notes on Egypt. Um, but then in an additional story about the Jaredites who followed Brother Jared... <laughs> Mm-hmm. He went to Jared. Um, they built submarines in in 2500, 2500 BC, BCE. Uh, and the quote from Joseph Smith's writings is thus. And the Lord said, go work and build and the manner of barges after the manner of barges. Uh, and he kind of describes the dimensions he needs them to be in wood and. Uh, and says that they need to be able to be as a whale in the midst of the sea, implying that they would be traveling under the water like a whale would, but able to surface like a submarine. Uh, And it came to pass that there were many times buried in the depths of the sea. So in their journey, they went underwater, um, and they were encompassed by many waters. And thus they were driven forth, and no monster of the sea could break them, neither whale that could mar them, and they did have light continually, whether it was above the water or under the water, because thou shalt make a hole in the top and also a hole in the bottom. And thou shalt, when thou shalt suffer for air, thou shalt unstop the hole near the top and receive air and be so that the water come in upon thee. Behold, ye shall stop of the hole that ye may not perish in the flood. Uh, basically, he didn't understand how submarines worked. Um, no. No, no, the first but... thing I have pulled up on my phone page is here's just a quote, quote, mm-hmm. using wood to make a submarine is not a feasible operation for deep sea or military op- applications. Wood lacks the strength, durability and watertight properties needed for underwater vessels to operate. So already off the bat, can't work. Secondly, right. the system that he's using sounds like two overturned canoes. Yes. <laughs> where there's just a little bubble of air in there. Yeah, and it it seems it it would seem that that's kind of what he's getting at. But you have to remember that Joseph Smith is writing this in a time when uh, we had started to experiment undersea with some like metal and glass and diving and things like that. So he has some familiarity with that. And then he's writing this as if this happened a long time ago, because in his account, this is how the Jaredites sailed from the Middle East to America in mm-hmm. 2500 BCE. This is dumb. This is really dumb. This is extremely stupid. Okay, so the Nephites probably hanging out in a submarine right next to the Ark, um, mm-hmm. basically cruising around the Earth, also cursed to live forever in immortality. Well, the Nephites didn't go till 600 BCE, so they were later. So the Jaredites did their thing first, but after the Ark. Sure, 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 sure. but also hanging out. I guess 
here's the part that is funny to me is that I do like the concept that God has task rabbits that he's just sort of scattered across the He's like, the you earth. handle this. Yeah, ready to pop up and give uh, inspiration through a, a heavenly dream or maybe put together a dresser and hang a TV on the wall. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> do you have submarine parking? I'll be there from 3 to 5 p.m. Right. Um Here's the part that isn't funny, but I do think is very interesting. And there's no bit here. I think it's very interesting that you can almost see that these are two stories created by two different people using a similar concept. And one of them finds the concept terrifying and the other one finds it as a reward. And the, the concept is immortality. There right. are people who see immortality as a great thing, like myself, going, I would love to live forever and be conscious forever and just hang out in a fucking submarine made out of wood with my best boys roaming around the earth, just kicking it. Um, and then there are some people who are like, to live like forever. Me. To live forever would be a fucking curse. I roam yep. these woods. I'm unable to talk to everybody. I can't find a shoe that fits me except for the shack ones at the Ross. They keep selling prints of my footprints at cons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's genuinely interesting that it is both a curse and a reward um, depending on your kind of outlook on uh, yeah. the complexity of living life and dying. Yeah, now... With all of that, are you ready to get into fucking space? Uh, yeah. Are we doing it in a wood submarine? Are we doing it in an overturned canoe? Might as well be. Uh, now, okay. we can't get too much into this because we could spend so long talking about it, and also I'd be very confused. I tried to make a lot of sense of it, and I was like, but no. Um, Mormons have their own cosmology. So, uh -huh. and again... Various people believe this, not everybody. Um, but they believe that there's multiple inhabited planets uh, and each have their own relationship with God. Unlike the the Christian version of aliens would have to be perfect beings <laughs> because mm -hmm. they would be they didn't have sin or whatever that gift basket told you. Um, it was well. First of all, it was a UFO ID. It was a driver's right. license for a spaceship. Get it right. Don't disrespect its job. Um, and it told me that the aliens would be pure and closer to God since they never fell to the tricks of the snake uh, at the Garden of Eden. So they are they're blameless. Also, they didn't kill Jesus. That's kind of a big thing um, that you get a little bit of anti-Semitic undertones from. So here's here's some side quest here. Uh one of the things I found in researching some of the Mormon cosmology is that we are considered the only planet evil enough to kill Jesus. Oh no. <sighs> Oh, no, that makes it sound like every planet got their own Jesus and we're the only ones that <laughs> we're killed We're the only it. ones that killed ours. Oh, no, God gave everyone a bag of flour and we dropped it immediately. We dropped it immediately. Like, we tried to build a thing so the egg wouldn't get crushed, but... And then it just crushed, and then three days later, Mom and Dad brought us a new one and tried to pass it off like the old one. Oh, my God. Oh, so no. So, yeah, so multiple inhabited planets potentially with their own Jesus. From what I could understand, there's only one Jesus. We're just the one that killed it. Uh -huh. Like that little robot that they sent around the world that just got its shit rocked in, in Philadelphia <laughs> or wherever. 
See, this is humanity's curse. Earlier I said, wow, we used to be stupid, huh? That didn't change. I don't know why I thought. We just got, we, we came up with smarter ways to be stupid. Dared to be stupid, even. <sighs> Thank you, Weird Al. I definitely will. And it's not even a dare at this point. It's a human need to be just a big fucking idiot. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. So we're the only planet that killed our Jesus. Uh, it's like when a video game company decides, well, surely there's no way they would ever do this. Right. And then we did. And then the crazy idiots did it. So they had to respawn Jesus back in after fixing some lines of code. There you go. Uh, they also believe that sometimes planets, earth in particular, are actually made of the remains of other planets. They believe a different planet exploded 7,000 years ago, and then we reformed the pieces into Earth, which is how we got fossils. That fossils are actually animals that never lived on Earth. They're from a different planet, but God put the fossils here to give us hobbies. Mm, okay. So close. So close, I think. Um, it was almost a good Ancient Aliens episode. Yeah. And, yeah. and then the hobbies. Oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> so also, it's not even everyone's hobby. It's not humanity's right. hobby. It's just some people's hobby. Some people are just like, look at this giant snail. <laughs> oh. This giant, perfect, sinless alien snail. Okay. Alright. So the fossils are aliens from other planets. Uh that are now okay okay all right i'm with it i'm back which on track. explains why they date back to later times if we carbon date them because they're actually not from our planet our mm. planet's younger than that but that's why they date older than that so to, rather than believe that the earth is older than we originally thought it was and maybe taking some of the literal words as maybe a metaphor we would rather admit that aliens are real. Their planets have de gone defunct and then they became Earth. And those things are from alien planets. Can I tell you, though, what a fucking great premise for a sci-fi. Like, the more yeah. I thought about it, the more I was like, okay. And, and I guess, don't steal this idea. Let me write it. Um, the we Montana, the same place where they fucking found dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. A dig site. Is mm -hmm. happening. They unearth something. What the fuck is that? And it, it turns out to be an alien and thus begins our movie about how aliens are real and fossils are from them. Yeah. And I can see it in the trailer where they're explaining the premise about how Earth is actually made up of different planets that crash together. And yep. then they go, yeah, and we, we found fossils of aliens that used to exist. And previously they've all been dead until, until now. now. Wow. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Right? Yeah, all right. We're yeah. co-writing that movie. We're I vibes it. with it. Yeah, no, let's do it. I, that's fine. Uh, now, part of this, part of this whole cosmology includes a, a, a planet slash star. Sometimes it's referred to as a star. Sometimes it's referred to as a planet called Kolob. K-O-L-O-B, uh, which is believed to be the closest to the throne of God. The throne of God is the thing that exists in space. This planet is the closest to it. They mm -hmm. believed, or some people believed, that at one point, 
earth was very, very close to Kolob and therefore close to the throne of God and that a pillar of water connected the two planets Mm -hmm. and people could see Kolob. They could see the other planet. Thus, the biblical story of the Tower of Babel, which are you familiar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Tower of Babel was Google Translate for the desert. They built a taller a tower as tall as they possibly could, and God was like, it's getting too tall, and then made them all speak different languages so they could no longer coordinate and continue to build the tower, mm-hmm. and that's how we have all different languages. Again, this could be a your dog is the king of the dogs scenario where yeah. it's like, hey, people who live different places will learn to communicate in different ways, and it's kind of a natural thing that comes about, but like, anyway. The idea being they could see Kolob, so they were trying to build the tower to Kolob, uh, but God got mad because men were evil, and so he both destroyed the tower and severed the pillar of water between the two planets, and that water from the pillar spilled down onto the earth, separating the continents and creating the great flood, and earth fell through space to its current location. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's how it works, mm-hmm. but I'm willing to take the. I'm willing to meet them halfway across the bridge made out of water. Right. Now, this kind of goes hand in hand with a belief about the apocalypse. Now, I I feel like in order for this to work, space has to be linear almost like subject to gravity yeah. and that's part of my problem with i mean there's a i have a lot of problems with it but but namely the whole gravity thing um yeah the fact that earth quote unquote fell a planet just right. fell, down fell down into the floor of where we are right now where we space. are now but don't worry because during the apocalypse earth will grow wings on the sides of the planet and what? fly back through space to Kolob and the heat of the journey of flying back through space that fast burns all the wicked people. Okay. All right. But not the good people. Not the good people. They're heat proof uh, because they didn't drink caffeine. Ah, no, I'm kidding. Of I couldn't find out why the good people were heat proof. Sure, 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 sure. But sure. I'm sure there's probably... more explanations. I'm sure the Facebook group for the next week will be filled with people being like, here's w- why this is. Um, um, it's actually the magic underwear that keeps you safe because maybe. once you have that on, it blocks the rest of it. Yeah, that's probably what it's probably definitely what the group's going to be like. Um, oh, my God. I love that idea of just like, did you, I feel like I sprout this fact off all the time. Did you know that when it gets hot enough, all cockroaches can fly? It's just a thing yep. that they have within them that will be activated by heat. I love that Earth has that too. Like, hey, did you know all planets can grow wings <laughs> under the right circumstances? There's So there's drawings of it, of uh-huh. what this looks like. And it kind of looks like the Earth has ears. Um, That's awesome. Or like a kind of like a snitch from yeah. you know that the book golden by that snitch from the Harry. Yeah, yeah 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 anyway so yeah so that was a fun one i've got two more kind of shorter um but i i like them because they uh they seem you know when somebody is like 
hey, this is how a thing is. And you're like, what? Why? And they're like, it just is okay. It's kind of like mm-hmm. that. The king, real king of the dog's energy. Yeah, these are our, our, yeah. our honorable mentions. Honorable uh, mentions. Um, all right, hit me with them. Satan controls the water. What? <laughs> what? Why? What? Like Poseidon? Why the water? Why? What? Now, this is also used as a reason why sometimes uh, LDS missionaries won't swim or play water sports. Okay. I think it's just because they don't want to take their shirts off. I think Um, that's the actual reason. However, allegedly, this originates from an entry from a journey that Joseph Smith uh, was taking with a number of his uh, Danites. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, uh, back and forth across one of the Great Lakes as they're going, uh, they were trying to get back to Independence, Missouri, uh, or they're leaving Independence Landing for Kirtland. Mm. Um, and this was August twelfth, eighteen thirty-one. So ten elders and Joseph Smith go on a boat to try to get to Kirtland from Independence, and apparently. Uh, their journey on the water was not great. And one of the guys was just like, this sucks so bad. I'm pretty sure that Satan is controlling the water right now. And mm-hmm. I think he just said it in jest to be like, I think the fucking devil is doing this. Um, but he wrote it down. And so over time, people were like, well, when bad things happened on the water, it's because the devil controls the water. That's so fucking stupid. Again, it's clearly an excuse. Well, it clearly originated as, like you said, just like a joke. If it was actually said a joke right. or something um, that Joseph Smith wrote down so that he could steal it later. Uh, but even if it's not, it sounds like an excuse that I would give so that I didn't have to take my shirt off and get in the public pool when I was a middle schooler. Like, Oh, yeah, did you not know the devil controls the water? So if I get in there, it's actually really gross and bad. Um, yeah, so I'm going to stay out here and go get a honey bun from the, from the vending machine. And a I don't know if you know, cooler. but Satan controls the honey bun. No! <laughs> and the cactus cooler. That one actually makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, this, Satan this controls last... the water. Yeah, Satan controls the water. This last one might be my favorite because it essentially amounts to Mormon ghost hunting. Uh, and oh. it's, it's the funniest version. So Mormons uh, never know when you might be in the presence of a Nephite or one of the immortal Nephites or an angel or a good spirit or a bad spirit. But the belief is that they could be all around you at any time. And one of the ways to find out if they are good is to shake their hand because if the person bringing you a message is a good angel or good ghost or whatever, somebody resurrected and doing God's will, then you'll feel flesh when you shake their hand, you know, like a person. Um, Mm -hmm. But spirits or ghosts cannot clasp hands because they don't have flesh and bones with which to do it. They're not corporeal, but they can't refuse to shake hands because they crave the human body that they were denied and want any opportunity to touch it. Okay. Wow. That is dark and sad. (laughs) Also, I love the idea of meeting somebody and thinking like, man, this is, this is going too well. Things are just, 
things are going too good. I got to right. I just got to make sure. Hey, can I can I shake your hand really quick? And the moment you touch them, you go mm, flesh because you're so like happy flesh. that they're a human. What Thank a goodness. weird that's that's weird. That's a weird thing. I don't weird, like this. The weird part for me, and this is why mm -hmm. I included it, even though it's just a simple yes or no. Uh, is that they crave a human body that they were denied and want any opportunity to touch it. It reminds me of the song from I Think You Should Leave about the night that the skeletons came to life. Yes. Like, their bones are their money. They've never seen so much food as this. Like, it's that <laughs> level of bonkers. Um, but those are some of, the, some of my favorite ones from that Reddit thread of things people were told as children growing up LDS. That was so fun. Thank you, Paige. What a great palate cleanser. And hey, if you have uh, stuff, if you have a King of the Dogs story. Yes, um, please. Please send, whether, it, send us your King of the Dogs story. Whether it be in the FLDS, whether it be as a Mormon, or whether it's just in general, please hit us up. We'd love to hear it. Um, and we'll give you some information on how to contact us shortly. But before then, hey, are you in Minneapolis, Minnesota? Well, hey, guess what, pal? So am I. I'm going to be doing some stand-up while I'm here. Uh, I have a show on Friday, the 22nd at 8 p.m. at Comedy Quarter Underground. Um, and then I have uh, two shows there on Saturday, the 23rd, also at the Comedy Corner Underground. That's uh, at 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. Tickets are available on their website. You can find a link in my bio on Instagram. Um, I'm also doing another show at 10 p.m. at a place called Indeed Brewing. So hope to see you at one of those shows that I have. There might be some more that get added. Um, best way to find them is my Instagram, at Mondo Does Stuff. That's M-A-N-D-O Does Stuff, all one word. Come check it out. It's fun. You're going to have a blast. I won't be laying down. Um, I <laughs> promise that much. Uh, so, yeah, come check me out. Those are fun. Again, more shows will be added to Instagram if they are. Um, and also, Mondo does stuff. M-A-N-D-O does stuff. All one word. Uh, that works for Twitter, tw uh, TikTok, Twitch, um, all that fun stuff. So go ahead. Hit me up. Come out. Hang out. And if you want to hear another show with my voice on it, check out the Rooster Teeth podcast. You can go to thertpodcast.com to find out more about it. Listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. Watch it on YouTube or on the Rooster Teeth site. It's a fun show. It's a good time. I have a blast making it every week. Okay. Good night. Goodbye. And good luck forever. Mwah. Hey, everybody. It's your girl, Paige. Um, if you want to hear my voice, you can hear it on Horror Virgin and Romancing the Pod. Uh, I do not have a ton of shows coming up now, but I have a ton coming up in January, February, and even into March at this point. Keep an eye on Instagram. That's where I post a lot of those shows. Uh, most notably, if you are in the Bay Area and attending the Web3 conference, I will be doing a roast of cryptocurrency. Nice. Uh, January 26th. There's info on my Instagram about it. Um, yeah. And, uh, if you want to tell me about your King of the Dog story, because it's so funny, uh, you can hit me up on social media. I'm at Rampage Wesley on Instagram and TikTok, at Paige Wesley on Twitter. And I love you so much. Bye. And hey, if you want to hit us up and tell us your King of the Dog story, you can on Instagram at Colt Podcast. Or on Twitter at Colt Podcast Show. You can also send us an email, the Colt Podcast Show at gmail.com. If you want to make us 
a fossil that you think came from a different planet <laughs> and send it to us, you could send that to us at 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237. Like, like the, the shining. shining. Los Angeles, California, 90065. And I think for this, I'm going to say don't drink any of the water from the flood you don't know where it came from it might yes. be from a different planet it's got hairy fish in there you don't it's want hairy that. fish in there it's dandruff uh, water dandruff water bigfoot water uh. Uh, and don't drink the kool-aid bye, bye. yeah